Well, good morning. Good to see you today. It is good to be back. And I wanted to say thank you to the church for allowing my family and I to be gone for a couple of weeks just to rest and recharge and relax. And wanted to also say thank you to Pastor Adam. Didn't he do a good job the last three weeks preaching? Yeah. And wanted to say thank you to you for being here today. Uh, We are finishing up, if you're new this morning, our series called Family Life, The Good, The Bad, and The Crazy. Yeah, we've been learning about that. And you'll, you'll be hearing at the end of the uh, sermon today where we're going to be going next week. But today I wanted to just talk to you a little bit, probably about the most important topic that we can talk about uh, when it comes to family is what we're going to be talking about today. The most important topic that we could talk about over the last few weeks about family when it comes to today As I'm thinking about that this morning, it's what allows us to stay in a marriage. It's what allows us to tolerate someone in our family that maybe is harder to love. If we were honest, maybe we've got a few like that. It's what allows us to continue to try to reach out to maybe someone who's estranged from our family. It's what allows us to go beyond our natural instinct when it comes to the language of love and and reach out to in those ways. And so today, our focus is simply this. We need to know God's love, show God's love, and continue to grow in God's love. The most important thing that we can talk about for families is God's love. Let's say it together. We need to know God's love, show God's love, and continue to grow in God's love. That's what we're going to be talking about today. It doesn't matter how great you are at this family thing or how bad you think you are. We all can improve and be what God's called us to be. But the single most important thing, if you've missed every week of this series up to this point or you've forgotten everything we've talked about up to this point, the most important thing that we can do as families is to know that love, show that love, and continue to grow in that love. And that's what we're going to start with. In order to have the family life that God calls us to have through the good, the bad, and the crazy, we have to know his love in our heads and in our hearts. Let's say that together. Know God's love in our heads and in our hearts. And as we talk about that today, many of us who maybe grew up in church or around the church or maybe even had a bad experience in church somewhere, we could say from a head knowledge that we know God's love We've heard about God's love. We know that God, Jesus, died on the cross for our sins. But as we experience that love in our hearts, that agape love, that unconditional love that he talks about, that we can experience, it begins to make a, a huge difference in our life. In fact, it's what changes families. Agape love is really called unconditional love. It's the love, moms and dads, that you experience when your child is born. It's the love that you realize. I remember when Noah was born, who was my first, our first child, <clears throat> when he was born, I remember laying in the bed next to my wife. We had, she was in her medical bed and I was in kind of the, the other bed. And I remember looking at Noah wrapped up in this blanket and thinking, I can't imagine how much God loves me because I love this child so much. That's that agape love. And when we invite Jesus into our lives, 
and we begin to walk with him and we and he reveals that love to us we begin to shine that love to our family and to those around us and so whatever you're looking for today if we can know god's love in our head and in our hearts it's all we need to be the people that god's called us to be for our families john said god showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. Let's read it together, the rest of it. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. In fact, he goes on to say, or Paul goes on to say that love, it looks a certain way. Love is patient and love is kind. This God love that you saw in someone else or someone has extended you, it's not jealous or boastful. It's not proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Now here's the end of this scripture that he says. Love never gives up. It never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through how many circumstances? Every circumstance. I share that with you this morning because uh, I went to college at Mid-America Nazarene University, Mid-America Nazarene University, and that's where I met my wife, uh, Whitney, and we kind of knew each other for a while, and I ended up asking her out, and she said no the first time or two, and then I just kept wearing her down, and she said yes. And we started dating, and uh, early on in our relationship, I had told her something that was untrue because I knew that she was a Christian, and I knew that if I kind of told her the truth about that, that it might be a deal breaker for her and I. And so I lied about it, and long story short, through a bunch of circumstances, I began to not only fall in love with her, but I began to fall in love with the character that she had that I didn't have. I was always good at telling people what they want to hear. Some of us are like that. I was always good at kind of knowing where to step and all those kinds of things. But in my heart, I knew that I hadn't given God my whole life. And so to preserve that relationship, I'd kind of lied about a couple of things and specifically one thing. And as I would begin to date her, you know, over the couple of months, I just began more, become more and more convicted about this lie. And the more I've seen this genuine love in her, this God's love and, and just this integrity that you could just sense about her, the more I just felt ugly. And I, I grew up in Cherokee, Kansas, and I was in Olathe, Kansas, and my dad lived in Cherokee, and I remember driving down, and he was fixing fence, and I drove down to where he was, and I'm not a big emotional person at all, really. And I just lost it and started just, you know, bawling and crying, and dad's like, what is wrong with you? Send you up to college, and you're acting all crazy. And I just explained the whole situation to him, and his answer, of course, is you got to tell her the truth. Well, what if she rejects me? That doesn't matter, son. You... You got to tell the truth. You got to be, if you want to be different, then you got to do it. And I remember going and picking her up, and we went to dinner, and I explained the whole situation to her. And she was hurt 
and I didn't know where that was going to go. And God just used that not only to restore me and make me the person that he wants me to be, but the love that she gave me wasn't love from her. It was love that was from God. Does that make sense? And she never gave up on me. She never lost faith in me. She was hopeful and she endured through that because she had seen something in me. See, to know God's love is to be able to not only know it from a head knowledge, but to live it out in a heart knowledge. And there are people in your family that need to know God's love. And sometimes knowing God's love is God giving you a toleration for someone, or God giving you a willingness to forgive, or God giving you the willingness to be wise and make the right decision. You see, God's love, it outranks some pretty important stuff. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians. If I could speak all the languages of the earth, and how many languages are there when you think about it? If I could speak all those languages, but I didn't love others, all I would be is a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. He goes on to say, if I had the gift of prophecy, you know, the ability to predict future events and be able to prophesy and it to actually come true. If I understood all of God's secret plans and I possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith. Now, these are some big things. I mean, we obviously, if you're familiar with the scripture, you know where this is going. But these things he's talking about, they're big things. If I had such faith that I could move a mountain but I didn't love others, I would be what? Nothing. Many of us pride ourselves on being right. You know, this is kind of a poetic thing that maybe we're not totally understanding. Let me just bring it down to maybe today. If you were right all the time, some of you would say, well, I am. If you were right all the time, if you were smart If you always were right and the other person was wrong, but you didn't love, what do you have? Nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, what do you have? A house, car, two cars, summer home, camper, tent, vehicles, kids. If you could give all those things to the poor and you sacrificed yourself in the process... And you could even brag about it because others wouldn't love like that. But you didn't love others. You have gained nothing. We have to understand. We have to know God's love. He says this. Three things will last forever. forever, Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is what? Love. What our families need and what we all need, what this world needs is God's love. And we can't give something if we don't know what it is. And we have to understand that Jesus died so that we could know and receive and give, and number two, show God's love. Say that with me. Show God's love. As we know God's love in our heads and in our hearts, we're able to demonstrate that love to other people. First Peter says, most important of all, in other words, the most important thing that you could think of, the most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. Everybody say deep love. Deep love. 
See, part of what God's wanting us to do in our families is to show deep love for each other. A love that doesn't walk out. A love that's willing to tolerate. A love that's willing to continue to press in when someone else wants to press out. A love that continues to pray for and encourage and strengthen. A love that endures the same way that Jesus endured for us. Because of that, it covers how much? A multitude of sins. Love each other deeply because it covers a multitude. Now, didn't Jesus feed a multitude? Wasn't it like 5,000 plus women and children? Love covers a multitude of sins. Show deep love. John says, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other, but let's read it together. Let us show the truth by our Love is an action word. Let us show the truth by our actions. So today we know we need to know God's love in order to demonstrate or show God's love. And I want to share with you this simple thing that that, uh, many of you are familiar with, a book called The Five Love Languages. But did you know that sometimes when we try to show God's love, we can speak a language that others don't speak. And so for just a couple of minutes, I want to practically share with you ways that we can show God's love in a practical way to those people around us. Raise your hand if you're familiar with the book, The Five Love Languages. At least some of us are. And if you haven't, if you're not, I encourage you to order the book if you don't have it. It's a great read. It'll help you not only with your family and your kids, but also people that you work with and so on and so forth. But Dr. Gary Chapman, he says there's five love languages that help us show and demonstrate God's love to others. There's five love languages. And one thing we know is that none of us, not all of us have the exact same love language. And he says that depending on which language we are, that's how we give and that's how we receive love. It's how we give love and that's how we receive love. And so those five love languages are simply this. Acts of service, giving and receiving of gifts, physical touch, quality time, and words of affirmation. Those are the five main ways that we give and we receive love. But as I want to share with you today, thinking about this, just to give you a quick example, um, my love language is words of affirmation, and my wife's love language is acts of service. Now, most of us are kind of a mix of all those, but probably many of us are tend to lean towards a certain one. And when I do premarital counseling, this is a mandatory thing that they do is to read this book. But to give you uh, what these mean, acts of service is simply meaning that you receive and give love through just acts of service, through things that you do for people and people do for you. That's how you give and receive love. Others ways is you receive or give gifts, physical touch, not just sexual touch, but just touch in general. Quality time through spending time with others and words of affirmation, simply giving encouraging words. And so with my, with my wife and I, her being acts of service and words of affirmation, sometimes we can miss how we feel love towards each other. Okay, Case in point, I'm a words of affirmation person. She's acts of service. I come home the other day from work a few weeks ago. I noticed that the kitchen's a little bit messy and Luke's been throwing stuff all over the house. 
And I walk in, I'm tired, and I sit down, and I notice she's kind of not too happy with me for a few minutes, and I didn't think much about it, and I thought about saying, how comes the living room's kind of messy? And I thought, whoa, that's the wrong thing to say. And then it dawned on me, because when I came in the door, I said, I love you. And I said these nice things to her, and she didn't respond to them. And I sat down. She's upset. Not upset bad, but just kind of. And it dawned on me, she's acts of service. So I didn't say anything, and I got up, and I went in the kitchen. I just started doing the dishes. Didn't say anything to her. About five minutes in, she comes in the kitchen, and she says, today was so difficult. This happened, and this happened. And she began to open up to me. Now, why did she do that? Because I started meeting her love language. I was trying to give her my love language. And as my wife and I have studied this, she doesn't want me to say, I love you, you look pretty, although she wants those things. What she says is, rather than you saying, I look pretty, or I love you, I want you to go clean up the kitchen. I want you to go help me. I need you to help me. Put these kids to bed. Don't just help me a little bit. Help me till the kids are asleep. Help me. <laughs> and I'm like, babe, I love you. You look good. I love you so sweet. And it doesn't mean anything to her. My son, Terry a little bit on his, just to give us an example of what I'm talking about. Noah is without a doubt number four. Quality time. I can tell him, you did a good job playing baseball. I can, I can you know, do my whole word, word thing. But what he'll say to me when I know I'm missing it is, Dad, we haven't spent much time together. Dad, you haven't taken me fishing. Dad, you haven't played catch with me in the yard. What's he saying? Dad, the way I want you to love me is through time. He's also physical touch. A lot of us are kind of a combination of both. You want to let Noah you love him, sit there and just scratch his back. My, my daughter is not physical touch. So I share this with you today, not so you can know what's going on in my family. I share that with you today because sometimes we look at situations in our family and we think they're sinful. There's some kind of sin going on. And the truth is, sometimes there is. But oftentimes what's going on over a long period of time is somebody keeps hitting a button that they think is how they give and express love. And this person over here is not wired like that. And see, as we know God's love, we're able to step outside of what we naturally do to give and receive love and meet someone else's language. I am not a quality time person at all, but my son is. And I have to, on purpose, make time for him to feel love because I can throw all the words I want to at him because that's how I give love. He's not receiving that. Does that make sense? And I share that with you today because oftentimes we show God's love. We're trying to show love. But maybe it's in a language that that person doesn't necessarily understand. Now, I gave you some extreme examples today. And the truth is, like I said, we're a combination. But there's been some family members in my life that going back to the gifts where I would receive gifts from them. My mother will buy me shoes, and I'm 40 years old. She'll just send me shoes in the mail. 
I'll get shoes every month or two. Maybe not quite that often, but two or three times a year, I'll just get shoes in the mail. And I'm just thinking, what's that about? I've had other people in my life do the same thing. I'm not a gifts person. But after I read that book, I realized no one's trying to buy my love. She's saying, I love you. So I encourage you today as you're trying to practically, how do I show God's love? Understand what your grandchild's love language is. Understand what your husband or your wife's love language is. Understand what the person that you work with's love language is. Understand that the way you're communicating doesn't always mean it's being received that way. When we do marriage counseling with people, if they happen to have the same love language, that's a big bonus because it's natural. But as we begin to not only know God's love, but show God's love, I encourage you to read that book and understand that there are different ways that people give and receive love. Many of us are combination, as I said earlier, but I encourage you with that. And then, so we know God's love. We need to show God's love in families. And finally, that way we can grow in God's love. Did you know that God wants us to grow in his love? My wife and I got married in 1999. We'll be married 18 years in December. I better get that right. (laughs) 18 years in December. And you know, I remember when we were dating, we'd talk on the phone for three hours. And when we were first married, we bought these bikes together. We paid like 100 bucks for each bike. And we went on these trail rides when we lived in Olathe. And we'd spend all this time together. And there was no other kids in the bed when we first got married. And there was, it was just, and then life happens, doesn't it? And you get busy and things change. And now you're not only not talking on the phone for three hours, you're barely... She can barely get me to stay on the phone for three minutes. But you know, at the same time, the love that I have for her now, watching her have my kids and, and, and going through things together, the, the level of love, it's not even the same. It's not even the same. It's nobody's fault in the beginning. It's just, it takes time for something to grow. And you know, when we walk with God, I hear this. When we consistently and daily walk with God, our love grows for him. And we're able to show his love and demonstrate his love and walk in his love in a way that we couldn't do in the beginning stages. Paul says, and may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow. I've shared this story before in the past. But there was a missionary couple in the 1950s. And this man, you can research, you can Google it, went over to, I think, Africa or somewhere to try to share his faith with this tribe in Africa or somewhere. Anyway, he went over there and they killed him. And his wife began to pray and think about that situation And she was so mature in her love for God. God began to speak to her that you need to go over there and finish what your husband started. Now, personally, I would have a hard time going and witnessing to people who killed my spouse. But love in its maturest form, this agape, unconditional love, says differently. 
And she went over to that tribe, and you can Google it, and there's a lot to the story, but she went over to that tribe, and they received Christ because of this love that was flowing through her husband and her. See, when we know God's love, and we begin to practice it and show it, we begin to grow, and we begin to do things that we wouldn't even imagine doing. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, let your good deeds or your acts of love shine out for all to see. Why? So it'll set off a chain reaction. And God will get the credit for it. When we demonstrate his love to those around us and our families, it's amazing what can take place. So just quickly, think about someone in your family, maybe they're here, maybe they're not, that's really hard to love. Really hard to love. And everybody else maybe doesn't even want to speak to them. Maybe you have people in your family that are estranged. No one wants to speak to them. Maybe you know someone that's difficult that you work with. But you also know the love of God. We know the two thieves that were on the cross that were guilty. And one of the thieves turns to Jesus and says, Would you remember me when you get to heaven? And Jesus, because of his deep love, covered a multitude of sins and said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Do you know his love? Not just in your head, but in your heart. And if you don't, you can. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we can be saved. Are you demonstrating God's love? Are you showing his love? I remember one time I heard this story. I told my wife I loved her when I married her. And I'm going out to the garage and when I'm different, I'll come back in and tell her different. Are you showing God's love in a way that they can receive it? Are you letting God grow his love in you? All of us can love people that love us back. All of us can love people that are easy to love. I'm just being honest. My dad and I are almost the same person in terms of how we think things through. The good, the strengths, and the struggles. We think the same. It's easy because we connect easily. And you have people in your life that are the same way. But there's also people in our life that we don't easily connect with. And we don't easily get along with. But I also believe that the largest and greatest way that we can show who God's love is, is not always to the ones that are easy to love. It's not easy to crawl on a bus full of middle school kids and go to camp as an adult. But some do it. It's not easy to apologize to someone when you know they're probably not going to tell you sorry back. It's not always easy to extend an olive branch to someone who keeps slapping you on the arm. But when you know God's love, When you know that he saved you. 
when you understand that as, that as Christians, we're just one peasant telling another peasant where the food is. When you understand the depth of your own sin and your own struggle. I, I know where I was in 1996 when I was left home and I was, got basically flunked out of college. and life, I was going a different path. I, I know And some of you know even more. You've had more struggle in your life. But see, when we know is love, when we understand what we've been saved from, it gives us compassion for family and for others who maybe are in a different boat than we are. They will know we are Christians by our love. Above all, Love each other deeply, for love covers a multitude of sins. Let's stand together this morning. If you'd like to come and pray about that, about camp, those kids that have already been to camp, about El Salvador, if you'd like to come and pray about this message or something else God's been speaking to you about, feel free to do that. But let's just worship the Lord and listen as he speaks to us. Amen. So, action step. What can we take away from this? I don't know what you're going to take away, but I just need to begin praying, God, show me how to show your love. Maybe there's some of us in here today, you need to pray, God, I want to know that love. And you have to just simply confess that Jesus is Lord, and believe that in your heart. And ask Him to save you and forgive you of your sins. And you can know that love today. But many of us today, we can know it and we can try to show it. But God calls us to grow in it today. So may you grow in God's love. May you grow into His likeness. May you continue to demonstrate the love to others that God has shown and continues to show you. Next week, we're going to have a new series starting called going live, faith in action, trusting who you can't see despite the circumstances that you can see. Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that it can be well with our soul and that we can live the life you called us to live. Father, I pray for some today that, Father, maybe struggling in a family situation, I pray, Lord, that, that they would just begin to know and demonstrate and grow in your love. We thank you for who you are and we give you praise in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a blessed Sunday.